we're thrilled you're here. We're in a series. It's very appropriate for today. It'll be Mother's Day. We're going to talk about we're talking about spiritual growth and about growing up. Um, and, and so we've been going through this series. In fact, in Ephesians, Paul tells the church in Ephesus, he says, we will in all things grow up. He's talking about how there's this process that we need to be maturing. We did, there's this process of being, becoming a mature uh, follower of Christ, a mature Christian. And he's talking about this. And what, what we've been saying this whole series is, even though we're, we're really focusing from spiritual growth and what that means to grow up as a, as a spiritual uh, being and how God wants us to develop into a mature Christian, that it's really a principle-driven message um, and series. What I mean by that is you have to be looking for the principles behind what's being said. So even though we might be talking to, today, we might talk a little bit to moms. Well, whatever we say, the principle that we're talking to moms about is going to apply to dads or to students or to kids, whatever. They're, it's going to just, it's, it's going to apply. In fact, I believe any principle that works in our culture, in our world, you can find it in scripture because God created, created things to, to work the way, the way they're supposed to. And when we do things God's way, they just work. And so whether it's business, whether it's marriage, whether it's family, when you follow God's principles, you're going to have a successful life. In fact, the writer of, of uh, in the Psalms, he says, Psalms 1, he says, if you, if you follow God's way, you'll prosper in all that you do. It's like his way is just an amazing way, and if you follow him, you're going you're gonna to find that. So we're in this series. Um, we talked the first week about why it's important to grow up, and then the second week we talked about stages. You know, we even talked about how there's these stages of Christmas. Well, we talked about how for us as a church, there's this chair. We had these people sit. We had four people sit. We have an empty chair that always represents, hey, for, for us as a church, we're committed to try to reach those that are unchurched and dechurched and, and don't go to church. Like we just, we want to, we're trying to create a church that they would love to come and attend. That's why we started the Grove in the first place, because we want to reach people with left your message. So an empty chair just represents those that aren't here yet. The first chair after that one, the second chair here represents an infant in the faith, uh, a baby, Okay. Uh, the next one is, is childhood, right? Being a kid, growing up, growing up and maturing, and and we can take the physical uh, correlation here and, and and apply it to the spiritual process also. And so we talk about kids, how there's these, this process and these steps that they have to take. And then Robert did a great job talking about perseverance. He talks about how we get stuck in adolescence, and sometimes when when we get stuck here, we we don't make it here. Why? One of the reasons was we need to just never give up, refuse to give up. He did a great job talking about that. And then last week, well, this, is a, a, this chair represents the, the mature adult, the mature person. And we, we gave a picture of this last week. We brought John Bull and Stacy all the way from, from Ghana, West Africa, to share about their ministry of reaching uh, of kids that are, that, are, that are homeless, kids that are abandoned, uh, an orphanage, but also kids that are in, in, the, in the slave trade. And uh, we, brought, we, we had them come and speak. And it was great. Can I just tell you guys, thank you for being a generous church. All right, we're almost we're almost able to give them almost um, one thousand two hundred dollars to support their ministry. So that's really cool. So thank you guys just for for being generous and saying, hey, we want to partner with people that are doing something great. And we talked about what it means to be mature and how when you get to this spot, now you're supposed to help others to be able to walk this way. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to continue in this this idea of maturity. And last week we said we need to be devoted to the welfare of others. That's what a mature person does is we sometimes forego our own desires, our own needs, and we say, hey, um, we, want, we want to help others to make this journey. And really what we're talking about is, is since we started the church, we've had a ton of people that said, all right, the Bible says at this stage, people that, that aren't connected to God, they're spiritually dead. Like there is not a relationship with God that they're spiritually dead. And when we begin that relationship with God, we become essentially an infant in the faith, a baby in the faith. And, and we want people to continue going down this process. Well, when somebody commits their life to Christ and to God and they start following down this path, there's all these reasons that they don't continue on. Some, they just fall away. Some stop going. 
and, and there's all these things. And we said this chair is always the most dangerous when you get to adolescence. As a Christian, and even in, in, in our, if you're a student, if you're young, it's, it's, it's sometimes very easy to get stuck in this stage. And we don't want to get stuck in this stage. And so today, you know, being mature is the opposite of being selfish. We're saying we're going to sacrifice our needs for others. Uh, we have a lot of mature people in our church who are serving your kids and G kids in, in the Sprouts or nursery. And they're taking care of them. Why? Because they want to help people connect to the life-giving God who says, man, I, I have good plans for your life if you'll just follow my, plot, my, my path. And follow my way. So today, we want to talk about, uh, the, this, this week is about lightening up, all right? Lighten up. Does everybody say lighten up? Lighten up. Yeah, we're going to talk about having some fun, right? We're going to talk about enjoying life. We're going to talk about just lightening up and what that means. Um, so others, one of, the, one of the main deterrents for people not wanting to mature and grow up and become adults is because they don't have a good example of what a mature adult looks like. And, and I, sometimes I, some, some people in my life, I, I can relate to that. There was adults in my life that they just weren't a good picture. And if that's what you wanted me to become, I would say I'd rather not. And then I have other adults and other people in my life, men and women. Um, I've had some incredible mom, my mom and my mother-in-law, great examples to my family. They, they've shown an example of what, what it means to be a mature person. And when I see that, I think, man, I, I want to be that. I want to do what they've done and accomplished. So one of the main deterrents that we see in life and in the spiritual um, walk with God is when, when people, if as adults, aren't having fun, and kids are watching this, young spiritual kids or even physical kids, are, our kids are watching this, they look and they say, why would I want that? You're always stressed, you're always angry, you're always upset, whatever it is. Why would I want that? That doesn't look fun. I'd rather stay here where all my needs are going to take care of and everybody's doing what I need them. And there's, so there's these two extremes. We get this, well, I guess the extremes, are, they're both really bad examples. And our culture is really bad at this, swinging from, from one extreme to the other extreme. And so when it comes to, to being a, one of the extremes is we enable people. We enable kids. We, we do everything for them so they never experience it. As a pastor, as you start this journey with God, there's going to be moments, maybe as, as an infant, it's not that difficult. You're really enjoying this ride. But as you start maturing, there's going to be times where it gets really difficult. And you think, I don't know if it's worth coming to church. I don't know if it's worth following God. Well, for me, one of the most important things you can do, like Robert was saying, don't ever stop. Keep going down. It'll get better. Um, it, it, you just got to keep with it. And you got to keep moving forward. And, and we don't want to ever get, stop that process. And so one of the extremes is, is enabling and just giving them everything they need. Um, and it sounds kind of nice in the beginning, like, well, why would anybody not want that? So my mom, my dad have given me everything I need. I've made it to this stage. I haven't quite made it there. Maybe the government has enabled me and given me everything I need. Well, that's not really that bad. Like, it's really comfortable. I get everything I want. Well, what happens when mom and dad go away? And what happens when the government goes away? you're not going to be prepared or ready to be able to step into that round. And you're going to, get, you're going to not, life is going to be horrible. It's going to be the worst life you could, you could think of because you're missing what the next step is. And so our, our challenge is saying, hey, get to this chair because it's beautiful. It's amazing. When you begin to become mature in your faith and mature as, and as, as a person, as an adult, life just works. It works better. And the, the difficulty is we get, we get stuck wanting things to be comfortable. Sometimes this chair is not very comfortable. There's challenges with it. But there's also a lot of freedom and a lot of things that come with those challenges. The other extreme is that we don't have fun at all. So we enable everything. The other extreme is we're so, um, we're so tight and heavy that we, we, we mess it up for those coming behind us. Uh, we, just, we don't give them an opportunity uh, to, to really enjoy. We don't show them what it, what it is to enjoy life. Um, you know, for, for us as parents, sometimes we, uh, we want our kids. So I'm, I have, I guess my kids would be here. It would be Nova and Aaliyah somewhere right in here, and then Joaquin and Sailor are still here, um, and, and they're, they're slowly transitioning. We're trying to raise our kids. Well, 
sometimes we want these, our kids that are in these chairs, we want them to be like this. Like, hey, don't you know better? Like, you should be, you should be acting, acting your age. And like, oh, yeah, that is their age. And we get so, so, I'm guilty of this. I get so um, driven and so intense with them that I'm like, man, you should be here. But they're not. They're still, they're still kids. And so when I say lighten up, what we have to be able to get band to do as parents and as Christians, we have to understand that this is a process. And people just don't jump from here to here overnight. But it takes time and it takes development. It takes moving in, in that direction and, and us helping them along the process. In fact, it is, it is unfair to ask my kids to act like adults when they can't. They, they can't um, physically, their mind has not developed fully. So they're not going to think the way I think because they can't. They don't have that capacity. Uh, Robert is telling me that even as as, as infants, when they're born, uh, they, they're born with 17% of of the capacity with their with their synapses and, and their 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 um, their mental ability to kind of uh, to be able to move and everything. They're born with only 17% of this, and then that first year, they grow like um, their brain begins to grow like crazy. Well, their brain never stops developing even into into young adulthood. And, and sometimes we, we forget that we need to lighten up and just have fun and, and help them walk through this process and not expect them to be something they can't be. So the reason I'm talking about this is because here's, here's the challenge. If we miss giving people an example, it, see, others, they will follow when they see something worth following. And if we can't be the kind of people that others want to follow, then we have to really ask ourselves, what am I living for? What is, what is the purpose of this? If, if people aren't coming behind me don't want this, then I need to change something in my life. And it'd be really good to, to look at people following you. Are there people following? Are your kids following? And they want to become who you are and what you're doing. If not, then I would challenge you to say, maybe you need to change and address some stuff and take it and begin to, to, to shift it a little bit. See, for, for me, this is my goal. And I learned this a while back. I don't remember somebody, I think my mother-in-law was talking to me about it. She was, she was saying, so God gives us this great example. You know what God's goal is for your life? One of, one of his goals, not his only goal, but he wants to capture your heart. What I mean by that is we have a loving father who cares for us. As we start this journey with him, he's wanting to show us that he is a good father. Like he has, he has amazing things for us. And the only way we can really be in to trust and have that faith is if we allow him to capture our heart. I'll give you an example. My son, after I heard, you know, we we're talking about this, how God wants to capture our heart. If, if I try to get my son to behave and to act by um, just forcing him and being so driven and so disciplined, um, I'm going to push him away. He's not going to understand. Well, you have to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. After a while, he's going to say, like, I give up. It's too much stuff. But rather, if I say, Joaquin, and I, you have to trust me in this. I'm going to ask you to do this thing. It's going to go against what you feel, but if you'll trust me, it's going to help you become, help you go to that next step and help you to become better and help you to have a better life. And see, my goal is to help, is to try to capture my son's heart so that when he's a teenager and he has all these voices coming at him saying, do this, do this, and I say, Joaquin, man, I know they're saying that, but it's really not a good decision. It's not a good choice. He's going to look back to all those moments that I've been kind of training him along the way. He's going to say, you know what, Dad? I trust you because you have my best at mind. You've captured my heart. Now, if I'm a father that just says, and I'm going to just drive and drive and drive and drive, when we get to this stage, he's going to say, yeah, I don't think I want that. If I capture his heart, then the behavior and actions will follow that. If I can't capture his heart, then it's going to be very difficult to ever get him to, to become what, what he needs to become. God is the same way. He's saying, let me capture your heart. Let me capture your heart. 
And, and I promise, when you step out and God asks you to do something and when it's difficult, maybe you're this stage and you're saying, all right, you've been an infant for a while. Now I want you to do this and take a step towards me in this direction. Maybe that's um, praying more. And when we step out and we begin to do that, we begin to grow in our, in our faith and grow in, in our walk with him. It gets, things get easier and it gets better if we trust him. And he's going to continue to ask us to keep going down this way. So our heart is as a church, we want to model for people in our community, in our world, that there's a better way. There's a better way to live. There's a lot of ways out there, but they don't work. They might appear to work for a while, but they don't always work. So today, as we go through this lesson, what I don't want you to hear is this. I'm not saying don't discipline your kids, okay? Man, please discipline your kids. Just don't go the other extreme where it's all discipline and no fun and it's, there's nothing to live for. You know what I'm saying? Don't go that extreme. There's a balance there. Please discipline your kids. Don't not discipline them. It's horrible. That's not good at all. You'll never tra- train them up. But too much is not going to be good. So lighten up. Lighten up. And here's kind of here's here's the idea. So as a church for us, um, we love kids ministry. We have we have kids that are um, a lot of kids in next door in theater 13. We have we have uh, some some leaders that are working with them every week. Well, as a church, um, we an average church only has 40 hours to impact the life of a person or a kid. All right, so we have 40 hours. You can go to that next one for me. You can see there, these dots represent the 40 hours that an average a church has to be able to speak into somebody's life. So for you, that even applies to you guys. I mean, we'll have 40 hours in this year that we'll be able to speak into people's lives. You know, that doesn't seem like a whole lot, but it can be if we really apply what we learn and move forward with it. But look at the average family. The average family has 3,000 hours to impact a kid's life. Our desire is not to do your job raising your kids. Our desire is to partner with you and say, hey, can we come alongside you? In your 3,000 hours and our 40 hours, let's put them together, and and it'll make a difference. And it does. I've seen this work over and over when church and family can work together. Our heart is not to raise your kids. Our heart is to partner with you to help raise your kids. Here's the idea behind this, is if, if you came to church and this is the only time that you were actually doing something with your faith, that's not going to impact you a whole lot. But if you can begin to mature, see, a kid at this stage, they're going to, they're going to go wherever their parents go. But this stage, you know, they'll go and they're, they're asked. I guess this is the stage you go to churches to go, and maybe it's 40 hours a year. And we're grateful for that. But there's a time where you have to move to the next stage, and they say, all right, 40 hours is great, but can you add maybe an hour during your week of, you know, throughout the, throughout the week, maybe five minutes here praying on Monday and five minutes reading your Bible and add another hour to, that, to that, your spiritual growth? And little by little, you begin to mature where you become the person helping these other ones walk forward. 3,000 an hours. So that's what the average family has. So the reason I want, I want you to listen today is because if we miss this, people coming behind us are not going to want what we have. And that breaks my heart because following Christ is the best thing you could possibly do with your life. I mean that. It has saved me because God says, here's, here's the options. He's, he's all about principles, okay? So when he says, um, you can do this, this is my way. You can choose your way, but this is what you're going to get. Choose my way, this is what you're going to get. And it's always good stuff. Not easy. Sometimes it's difficult, but it's always good. The opposite way of God always brings some sort of death into, into our relationships, into our life. A physical death, a relational death, and, and, is, and is bad. It, it's kind of like, um, so in, in our lives... There's going to be times in our lives where um, we don't have everything working correctly, all right? Happens to me sometimes too. It's just things aren't working right. 
it's kind of like this guy, Pareto, he's, he was a mathematician from Italy. He came up with this principle called the Pareto Principle. It's pretty cool. But he had this quote that I heard. He said, he said if you're Noah, all right, and the ark is sinking, he said, stop looking for the dogs and cats and rabbits and squirrels to throw overboard. If you can get an elephant off, then you're going to be in much better shape. In our life, all right, when things aren't working, we start looking for these little things, little changes. Well, if I dress differently, if I eat differently, and I'm not saying those aren't, those aren't, those are okay things, but what are the elephants in our life that are keeping us from being the kind of people God wants us to be? So when I say lighten up, I'm saying there's things that we carry on and we take on ourselves in life that aren't good. You know what I think the heaviest elephant in our life is? Sin. Sin is, is, is the opposite of what God wants us to do in life. It's missing the mark. Sin can take on a hold of all these different kinds of forms, but it's really just living a life that's contrary to what God wants us to live. And when we have sin in our life, it weighs us down. It holds us back from accomplishing what we want to accomplish. It keeps us from, from being a, 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 a good mother, a, a good father, a good employee. Sin keeps us. It holds us back. And it comes through in a lot of different ways. It can come through addictions. That, that hinder our growth and our development and, and even our ability to, to, to be able to accomplish things, good things in life. It could be sometimes, um, now anger is not sin, but there's, there is anger that leads to sin. That could be an elephant in some of our lives. We just are so full of anger because of these hurts or whatever it is that we've held on to that it's, it's holding us back from being the best people we can be. And when people see us in bursts of, of anger and rage, they say, I don't know if I want that. That's what I'm talking about. Let's, let's lighten up. Let's begin to get rid of some of this stuff. Let's, let's begin to let go of these things that we were never meant to carry. Bitterness. Maybe somebody's done something to you. And you're, maybe, maybe something's happened in your life and you're bitter at God because of what's taking place. We're very aware that today we celebrate moms and it's very nice, but there's people in this audience that this is not maybe an easy day. Maybe this is the first time that you're not with your, with your, with your mom. That's a, heavy, that's a heavy weight to carry. Or for every other reason, maybe you've had a bad experience and today is really difficult. Well, can I tell you some of those things that we carry and hold and even blame God? Man, he wants to help us carry those things and let go of those things and lighten our load. And when we can, when we can trust him and lighten our load, what begins to happen is we begin to enjoy life more. Because we're not carrying the things that we're supposed to carry. Things that God doesn't want us to do always bring a weight into our life that we were never meant to bear and carry. And God invites us and says, hey, would you, would you, would you let me help you with this? In fact, let me, let me read a scripture uh, that Jesus, a quote from Jesus, okay? He's saying, come and do this, and I'm going to show you how I can help you. He says this in, uh, in Matthew 11. He says, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. There's going to be moments where you're going to feel like you're carrying a weight of the world, it's just not fun. Maybe it's showing itself in anger. Maybe it's showing itself in, in, in resentment or bitterness. Maybe it's, it's an addiction that you've been carrying for a long time and, and, and you just feel the weight of that. It's keeping you back. Well, Jesus is saying, hey, would you come to me, all of you who are weary? Man, you're, when you get to that place where you're like, okay, I was not meant to carry this. God, please help me. He's saying, I want, I want you to then come, come to me and I'll give you rest. He continues and says this, and this is Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. He says, take my yoke upon you let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Can I tell you, when I'm carrying something that I'm not meant to carry, whatever that is, and I begin to say, God, I'm going to trust you with this to help me, and he begins to lighten that, my load and help me out, man, I have rest and I have peace. 
There's even times where I sleep better because I've, I've released that. I said, God, man, forgive me for that. I held on to that comparison or that, that envy, whatever it was, and it's not healthy, it's not good, it, it was choking my life, it's hurting. I'm going to release that. Maybe somebody's hurt you in the past, and you've been holding on like this, or kind of like this, you know, around their neck. It really would be a good picture. Whatever they've done to you, you're holding on, and you're saying, God, like, I just can't release. Well, the answer is not to keep holding on. The answer is to let go of their neck. The answer is to say, all right, I can't control what's happened, but I can control how I can respond now. I can't control what happened in the past, but I can control how I'm going to live today and live tomorrow. And we can release those things. And that's what he's saying. I want to give you rest. Would you begin to just trust, trust me and let go of some of these things that keep you back from God's best? Because he goes on and says this, For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. The reason the yoke is easy to bear, and, and we, we get the picture of you know, the two oxen with the yoke, but I think it's bigger than that. A yoke for, for, for Jesus would have been a philosophy, a way of living, a way of, of, of approaching life. And he's saying, when you wear this, it's going to be light. The reason it's light is because you're yoked to God, and he's helping carry the weight of all this stuff that you're carrying. And when you begin to release it, there are going to be times where you can't carry it. And he says, hey, I'll take that from you. Just let go of it. Release it. I'm going to help you with this. And he invites us invites us to do this. So um, in, in Bernalillo, I worked in Bernalillo for 11 years at a church. And when we left, um, they gave me this great gift. Um, on, the, on the side of this glass, it says, uh, we believe life is a gift measured in minutes, hours, and days. We choose to live with passion, the best life possible, loving God and loving people. This is kind of our, our mantra. This is our statement for our student ministry when we were the pastors down there. And for five years, we had this tradition that, that before every service, we'd have our, our service on Wednesdays with the students, middle, high, and high school age. And, and we'd get this, this jar of marbles, and we'd fill it up every year with 365 marbles. Okay? And each week, we would take out the marbles. We'd take out seven of them, and we would, in fact, I have it right here. Look at this. And we'd get a trash can, okay? And we'd take out the seven marbles, and we would throw away, we would throw away the, the seven marbles, and we'd say, hey, um, so you can't get back the seven days you just used. But what we can do is we can celebrate the stories that came with those seven days. What did you do with those seven days? And we'd have these stories that would come, and we'd talk to students about making wise choices. And it was amazing to see that when they were tracking their life and their days, how they made, they made better decisions. Well, um, they gave us this gift as a reminder. And, and the first year, we would do clear marbles, and we would get the marbles, and we'd throw them away, and you'd see all the marbles just diminish. And eventually, at the end of the year, it would be gone. And we'd say, all right, we used 2015. What did you do with that year? Right? And the next year, we'd start again with the marbles, fill them up. Well, the second year, we began to put in these red marbles that represented like these, these moments that we made really good decisions. It was, a, it was a, a, a day that we were passionate and we cared deeply about life and we prayed for somebody or we helped somebody. We did a kind deed or something like that. And they would tell their stories and they'd bring their red marbles. We'd take out the clear and throw them away and we'd begin to fill the jar with red. And it was amazing to see that as all the clear marbles began to go away throughout the year, all the red marbles began to fill up with these, these wise choices we made. So when we left the, the student ministry, they gave us this gift, which is just awesome. Well, last night, uh, if you put that picture up for me, I, I was thinking about this, how it's, it's really important to, to measure our life and to be aware of, of where we stand in life. And so uh, this month, we have um, students that are graduating from high school, from college, you know, kindergarten, whatever. They're graduating this month. They're, they're finishing their school year, right? And they're, they're ending it. Well, I, I decided my oldest is eight years old, okay? And this would be the, I took out 
each, 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 compo, each group of marbles is 52, which represents 52 weeks in a year. Okay? So this would be 13 years in weeks for my son, Joaquin. All right? And so my son, he's finishing the second grade, which means um, he's already used kindergarten. That's 52 weeks of kindergarten that we were able to influence my son. He's, he's already he finished um, first grade. So another, another 52 weeks. He's finishing second grade. Another 52 weeks of, of influencing our son. What's left in this jar is how many weeks we'll have with my son before he graduates from high school. When we begin to see the, 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 the gift that God has given us to be able to influence people around us, we make better choices. So Robert, Robert one of the teaching pastors, he, his, his youngest daughter graduates this month. So can you imagine Robert and Lori going to there, if they had one of these, going in there and taking out those last couple marbles and saying, God, thank you for giving us 18 years, 13 years of school years to be able to influence our daughter Mariah. Can you imagine what they're feeling? I asked him, I said, what are you feeling? He says, you know, part of us, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard because you're moving on, but there's another part where we've prepared her for this. Like, she's ready, and we're ready. It's going to be different for us, but... And they take out those marbles. Some of you, you have young kids. Maybe your kids haven't started school. But when you're able to see your life diminishing or the influence that you have on others begin to diminish, that you, you know you're running out of time in, in, to speak into their lives, it helps bring clarity to understand. See, so so from... From um, age zero up to about 18, that's almost a 1,000 marbles that I'm able to speak in each of my kids' lives. That's, that's the, the most part that I'll have the most influence in their life. It's really 936 if you're counting the weeks, all right? That's, that's 936 weeks. Well, for us, we've already used 416. That means there's 520 left. That means we've almost used half of all the weeks that we'll be influencing Joaquin already. Isn't that, isn't that credible to start thinking about? See, for, for almost... Uh, we've almost used almost 25% of his grade, grade years, of his school years. And almost 15 of the time that we'll be able to influence his life. So why do I bring this up? Because it's important for us to be aware, to say, man, our time, it's short. When you begin to do something like this, you begin to see your life, you begin to realize, wow, um, those years, those eight years, he was just a baby a while ago. They're, they're gone. I can imagine for sincerity, you know, we celebrate Mother's Day for my wife and four kids, four kids later, you know, she's her fourth is Nova's our youngest. She, she's, she's a mom of these four great kids. I can imagine her looking at Joaquin thinking, wow, you were just like Nova, just like yesterday. And the time's flown by. What if we were to be kind of people that took advantage of the time and said, man, I want to use my time wisely. I want to use it. I'm going to give you some, some tools. All right, this is... There's not really a secret, a secret for success in life, but there's just principles and tools that will help you succeed. All right? There's not one thing. I think I, if I could sum it up, one of the things would just be work. Man, success in marriage is work. Success in life, it just means you put in the time. We could say it like this. If you were just to show up, all right, show up. The average American will go to church one out of three times a month. Or I'm saying one, one every three weeks. The, the average American will go one every three weeks to church. That's the average. If you were to show up more, you would grow more. I guarantee you, you would be challenged more. If you were to get plugged into a small group and show up, you'd be good. So if you would just, our culture is little by little understanding that showing up is really important. 
In fact, we show some some kids. I'm hearing now they graduate uh, college, they go to their job, and they just they only get paid for just showing up. That's important. You show up, but if you can show up consistently, okay, at school, at work, at, at home. What I mean by show up is is you're present, you're there. Like you're, you, it's dinner time. You're like, all right, we're gonna do this. It's dinner time. If you can show up and do this consistently, man, you're already you're already a step ahead of a lot of people in our in our world. Now, if you can show up early, you're way ahead of the curve. If you can show up early to work, man, a lot, a lot of people do that. Uh, Sincerity was talking last night about her, her first job. that She worked at a, at a restaurant. And um, she would get there early, prepared with her apron, ready to go. And uh, some of her, her coworkers would get there. And at, right when it's time to show up, they'd get there and they'd go to the bathroom, put their makeup on. And, and they weren't really, they weren't on time. They were on time, but they weren't ready. And so just showing up early consistently makes a big difference. Now, if you can show up early and ready to work, man, people are going to begin to love you, especially your bosses. They're going to be like, man, I like you. You're showing up consistently. You're showing up early consistently. You're showing up ready to work. Like you're not getting there right on time and, and, and working, getting, getting set up. You're like ready to start. You're way ahead of the game if you can do that. Students, as I talk to these, if you're a middle, middle, middle school or high school, these are principles that maybe nobody's taught you, but if you can begin to do this at school, at home, at work, you will begin to succeed in life. But it doesn't stop there. So if you show up early, ready to work consistently, that's a great step. But if you can show up early, ready to work with a positive attitude, and you can do this consistently, you're going to be way ahead of the game. And when you begin to do this, you know what people are going to see? I like that person. There's something about that person. What's different about them? Kids coming behind us are going to say, man, they're enjoying what they're doing. There's something about them. It's not the funnest job. It's not the easiest job. But they're showing up, ready to do what they're doing, looking for opportunities to serve. So show up early, ready to work with a positive attitude. And here's the last thing, and a teachable heart. If you come ready to learn, ready to grow, open to maybe the experiences that come when somebody comes disgruntled or angry and you say, all right, this is an opportunity to respond in a selfish way or an opportunity to respond and say, how can I help others? How can I learn from this? And you're, you have a teachable spirit, a teachable heart. You'll begin to grow. Others around you will want to be, they'll be, want to be around you. And if you can do this consistently, you're going to be setting yourself up for success. Not just that, you're going to be setting up the people behind you for success because they're going to see that you're actually enjoying things. You're enjoying life. Show up early, ready to work with a positive attitude and a teachable heart and if you can do this, this is the key consistently. I would encourage you and challenge you at, 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 at coming to church. Man, do this at church. Come early so you're ready. Come expecting to learn. Come expecting to, to be challenged. Our team, they show up every Sunday morning about 7. Some of our team gets here a little after 7 o'clock to start setting up the lights. And they do it consistently. We have a great service because we have people that are saying, I'm going to show up ready to serve and help out and be a part of this. Go to the next, um, the next one's the video, right? So... You're good. Go for it. It was my choice. And now I will question myself for the next few weeks, maybe months. We had an option of two pathways to walk, and they led to two doorways. It was a bit confronting, actually, to be honest, to see these big signs and feeling like you had to choose. 
and be self-conscious of how you perceive yourself and perhaps if it lines up with how the rest of the world perceives you. I went through the average door. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't even hesitate. 漂亮对我的概念来说，就是，呃，像，呃，明星那种遥不可及的那种。我走的是一般。Mas eu acho que é mais porque eu me arrependi da escolha porque era diferente do que eu vivo, é diferente do que eu do que eu sou. Am I choosing because of what's constantly bombarded at me, what I'm being told that I should? accept or am I choosing because that's what I really believe. I walked into that door which said average and I didn't feel really good after that because obviously I had rated myself average and nobody else. Todos os dias eu passo pela porta comum e ontem foi um dia único e eu optei por passar pelo bonita I wanted to go through the average door but my mum just pulled me over to the beautiful door I just wish more young women realized it. I think I would walk through the beautiful door. I think a porta bonita está completamente aberta para mim. Maybe, maybe I could walk in that door. You can. Next time I look into the mirror, I will see somebody really beautiful looking back at me. Beautiful is a great word. So why not see what's on the other side of that? There's people around you. We sit, for, for moms, we celebrate women. All right? for, for Mother's Day, we just celebrate women. Um, if you're a lady, you have influence on people around you. You, you can take on a kind of a form of, a, of being a mom for some of those. Even if you don't actually have a baby and they weren't yours, you can still take on that role. I've had a lot of women in my life that have, have done it. My mom, my mother-in-law, um, other strong ladies and, and strong men that have stepped into those places and say, hey, we want to help you become like us. We want to help you make these wise choices. Your friends at this stage are going to tell you something different. Culture at this stage and this stage and this stage and even this stage, they're going to tell you something different. But there's people coming behind you. Your kids are coming behind you. The next generation of Christians are coming behind you. The next generation of young people are coming behind you. And what are they seeing in us that makes them say, I want to be like that? You see that video where um, and it's a great thing. They're, they're combating what our culture is saying, what beauty is. You're beautiful. We're beautiful. We're made in the image of God, and God doesn't make junk. God makes beautiful things, all different, all unique. But because we get these um, 
we, we get so heavy with these, these lies that culture tells us that we're carrying things that we're never meant to carry. And we miss opportunities to influence those around us because we're stuck on our stuff and we don't realize that they're watching and they're following us. Lighten up. Lighten up. What are the elephants in your room? Is it a low self-esteem that's keeping you back? Lighten up. Get rid of that stuff. Begin to uh, invite God to come and to walk you, walk you through these things and to be with you. Because there's people coming behind you that need to see example of somebody who's confident, that somebody is walking with God, somebody that knows what life is about. Our kids are watching us. And they're modeling exactly what, they're, they're following exactly what we've modeled for them and what culture is modeling for them. If this is the only, only weeks I have left with my son, I want to use them to the best that I can. These next, next, next few uh, weeks in our year, man, at work, wherever you're at, who can you influence? Who can you pour into? See, if you're, if you're at this stage, we're challenging you to say, look around and make sure people are following you. Make sure you're living something that people want to become like. And if you're any of these stages and you walk with God, I encourage you to find people that are having fun so they can, they can show you what it is to be light and not get stuck on the wrong things that keep you back. That's my challenge today is, is lighten up. Lighten up. See, maturity, it shows itself in the ability to tolerate the stress and suffering that are often a part of the growth process. A mature person can tolerate these things. It doesn't mean it's easy. doesn't mean it's fun, but they can, they can tolerate it. And if you could tolerate it with a positive attitude, People around you are going to say, whatever you have, I want that. I can imagine Jesus, his disciples following Jesus around. Jesus is the son of God. God is the king of everything. He has everything. Man, can you imagine the attitude Jesus had? Paul even tells us in Philippians, have the same attitude as Christ. Man, Jesus had a positive attitude because he knew everything was his. Everything was given. He could accomplish what God had him to accomplish. And the disciples, they caught it. And they were able to say, I, I believe so much in this guy who told us that he was going to die on that cross and raise again three days later. Not just that, but he modeled for us, which we're going to talk about next week. Our model, what does that look like? Something that we want to become, that I'm willing to give my life to carry this message forward. And his disciples said this, and they did it. They, almost all the disciples died a horrible death because they said, I believe in the model in Jesus so much that I'm willing to help others, even if it costs me my life. It's going to cost you your life. Maybe not physical life where you die tomorrow, but it's going to cost you some comfort. Maybe say no to something that you really want to do so you can help a younger person to, be, to, to find accomplishment, to find God in the middle of all this. And God's inviting us this. Man, positive attitude. People will want to be around you. Moms, dads, lighten up. Get rid of stuff that's keeping you back from having fun. Yes, discipline your kids. Help them. Train them. But lighten up. Don't expect them to be adults when they're only five or six. They can't act like us. They're kids. And I preach to myself that because there's times I'm like, don't you just get it? Can't you just help us? Life is already challenging. Lighten up. Eric, lighten up. They're kids. You only have 400 some weeks left with them. Lighten up. Pour into them. Love them. Care for them. At work, lighten up. On the road when you're driving, it takes a long time to drive everywhere in Santa Fe because people go slow. Lighten up. Leave a few minutes earlier so you're not angry the whole time you're driving. Lighten up. 
It's about being prepared. It's about leaving early. It's about saying, I'm going to be the mature person when it comes to life and say, can I help these people? I want to be the mature person. Lighten up. So here's our challenge for today. And our challenge this week, would you just show up? Even when you don't feel like showing up, show up. That means maybe you're spending time with your kids. Maybe that means taking your wife on a date. Show up. Just show up in life. Next week, when you come to church, man, show up. Don't, don't, don't. When church becomes optional for you, then the impact that God wants to do in your life will also become optional. It will, it'll, it'll diminish it. Don't let it be an option. Just show up. Show up early. Show up ready to work. Here's our challenge. Show up ready to work with a positive attitude and show up ready to work with a, with, a, with a teachable heart. And here's the kicker for the challenge. Do this every single day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. And I guarantee if you could do this this week and then you're able to say, all right, some of this really worked well, I'm going to do that next week. Within three or four weeks, you'll begin to see, I promise, a transformation in your life because you're doing the opposite of what adolescents want to do. They want to sleep. They don't want to show up. They want to take it easy. Kids want it easy. But an adult says, I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up early. I'm going to show up ready to work. I'm going to show up with a positive attitude and a teachable heart. And then I'm going to do this consistently. People around us will begin to see that. And you know what they'll say? Man, whatever they're doing works. Because it does work. Because we're working what we're supposed to do. And when we can do that with a positive attitude, I promise people are going to say, there's something different about you. What is it? I get this a lot. And I say, well, can I tell you what the difference is? I'm following this guy named Jesus, a rabbi, I believe the son of God, and he's leading me down this journey that's helping me become the person he wants me to become. And I'm showing up. Not every day. I miss it sometimes too. But as I do this, my life is full because, and it's lighter because I get rid of those elephants. I get rid of all those little things that sneak into my life that shouldn't be there. And I say, God, can I take on your burden can i take on your yoke it's it's light and it's easy and we invite him so today we're going to close service off and this is this is what i want to do if you're here today would you do me a favor close your eyes um give people just the opportunity to be just a sensitive time um nobody's looking around maybe you're here today and i'm talking about what it means to be mature and to follow christ and and maybe you're stuck in life and you're carrying things that you were never meant to carry and for a long time, you felt the weight of those things. And I said the heaviest thing is sin. That separates us from God. It, wreck, it, it, it um, causes havoc in, in our relationships with other people. And the first step I would say is get rid of that out of your life. And the Bible says this is how you do that. It says if you'll confess your sin, which just says, which means that you're saying, God, I've messed up and I've allowed these things to come in my life. I've made bad choices. Would you forgive me? And it says that when we confess our sin, God takes that sin and removes it away from us. And then we maybe we're spiritually dead. Now we become an infant in the faith. And then he says now, then he wants us to grow further. If you're here today and you've been carrying stuff and it's holding you back from God's best for your life, don't leave without letting go of that stuff. Don't leave with it. You were not meant to carry it. Anger, bitterness, resentment, envy, addictions. Those come in many forms. You were not meant to carry those things. And God wants to free you from that. He wants to release you from that. If only you'll take that step of saying, God, I want to follow your lead.
Help me to become the person you want me to become. If you're here today and you want to, I'll lead you in a prayer that helps you to kind of take that first step. If you're here and you'd like to do that, would you just lift your hand? Awesome. I won't have you come down. I'm not going to embarrass you. Awesome. I see your hands. Anybody else? You're here and say, man, I I don't want to carry this stuff. God, help me. Quite a few hands went up. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's a simple prayer. just says, God, forgive me. And and then we're going to ask him just to take this this weight, lift it off of us. When we meet it from our heart, we we confess. I I promise there's something that it's a a transaction that happens between, between us and heaven that God begins to change things. Sometimes you can feel it immediately. Other times it'll be a process where you begin to realize that there's something taking place inside your life. For all you that raise your hand, would you just repeat this prayer with me? Really simple. Say, Father God, today I invite you to help me with my life. Forgive me for carrying the weight of sin and choosing the opposite of what you have for me. Forgive me. I invite you today to lead me, to guide me on this path. Help me to hear your voice and help me to be obedient to what you say. Would you take this weight and this burden and and release me from it? I believe you died on that cross for me. And today I invite you into my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.